Tonight, we're continuing with Cherishing Your Spouse, and this is a series we've got with the whole month of April, and John and Sue DeMaris are with us to share with us all their wisdom and learning after 47 years of marriage, so we're excited to have them, and just have them here in the class, they did a great job last week, looking forward to tonight. Now, let me ask a question, if you were here last week, would you raise your hand? If you are here last week, raise your hand. Okay, fantastic, because we're going to play a little game called How Well Did You Listen? Okay, so we've got some multiple choice questions for you to see. If you weren't here, the pressure is off, no problem, you're fine. So question number one to see how well you listen is this. John and Sue have been together since the, it was it A, 11th grade, B, their parents introduced them, or would you say C, they met at a car show? A, 11th grade, all right, you were listening well, fantastic. What, the answer, would you confirm the answer? is 11th grade. Fantastic. I was hoping the picture would throw them off, but apparently it didn't. This is a bright group. Okay, second question is this. John and Sue married when they were either A, out of the Army, B, 18, or C, visiting Vegas. B, 18. Okay, panel of experts, what do you think? Got it right? Man, they got this. I want to, make my, I want to bring my game up next week. All right, John and Sue said, when it comes to cherishing your spouse, you that here's what's important. Good intentions are what matters. Words are what matters, or actions are what matters. What is it? You said B, C, 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 all right, C, and the experts say C, actions are what matters. <laughs> Not just good intentions or flowery words, but it's actions are what matters. Okay, here's the tough one. Ready? Here's the big one. How well did you listen to this one? John and Sue encourage kissing in front of the kids, woo, public display of affection, holding hands, or D, all of the above? D, all of the above. Man, it's going to get hot in here. Woo. All right, I better pray and get out of the way. So, would you all pray with me and we'll start. Well, Father, I praise your name, and I thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you that we get to come here as believers uh, with an open word of God from people who've been there and who know what it's all about, and we get to learn from you and learn together. So tonight, I pray that you would empower John and Sue Damaris. I pray you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit, give us receptive ears, and I pray tonight you give us a great night of learning how to cherish our spouse. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Um, this week, last week, we, we studied um, basically just the what is cherish? What is cherish? And we, we looked at the difference between love and cherish. We could all say that we love our spouse, but do we cherish our spouse? And so last week, we kind of took off to try to decide what the differences is, that they actually complement each other. They don't compete. They complement each other. But there is a big difference between love and cherish. And uh, this week, we're going to get into more specifics in our role as a wife and husband and how we're going to cherish our spouses and stuff. And so I wanted to start with, we're going to start with the ladies first. And um, is it up there? Okay. I wanted to start, there's no better, in my opinion, there's no better place to start than 1 Peter 3, um, 1 through 6 with a, with a woman. Um, and I wanted to give you a little bit of a background on us. Um, as you, if you were here last week, you knew that um, we met in high school. We married at 18 and 19, and against our parents' wishes, they were not copacetic with us getting married. So, you had two rebels who were very hard-hearted, very hard-headed, 
um, get married and try to um, run a household. We had children uh, right up right away, and um, we had one right away. One right away, and another one four four years later. And by the time that we came to Christ, our daughter was five, our son was two, and um, and honestly, at that point, I don't think we would have probably lasted had had we not come to Christ. Our marriage would not have lasted had we not come to Christ because we were hard-hearted and very stubborn and rebellious as and, and by nature. But when we came to Christ, I said to, I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to do as a wife? What is it? I was very open at that point because I knew that our marriage was not going to make it. We were struggling um, and um, we were constantly battling things. And, um, and he gave me 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. And I have to say that um, at that time I had a mentor who, who um, always used the Amplified Classic. It's called Classic now. Back then it was just the Amplified. And I sat down. She encouraged me to, to get the same Bible. And honestly, to this day, to this day, girls, I cannot read 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6 out of any other version besides the Amplified. And you'll see why in a few minutes, because it so amplifies it. Um, so what I did when, when God gave me 1 Peter 3, um, I committed it to the Lord. I gave him one month. <laughs> I will do this for one month. And, there, and, and if there isn't any changes, I don't know. Hold on. Could, it, could everybody raise their hand, the ones that don't have a sheet? Here you go. Here you go, Tim. That tape is over there. Right there. All right. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but all right, go ahead. All right. So I gave I gave the Lord one month. One month. <laughs> and I saw marked improvement in our in our marriage. After that, a, a few years later, I began um, discipling women and teaching um, small groups small group Bible studies, and over the years, um, since 1986, I have counseled so many women, countless women, and there's been a lot of women that have come to me in those, those years that have, um, in fact, one of my very good friends came to me early on and said, I've decided to divorce David. Shocked me. I was shocked. I didn't even realize that there was any problems, but she was going that afternoon to... Um, go to the, uh, an attorney to start the divorce proceedings. And I said, well, obviously you haven't tried First Peter 3 yet. And uh, she's like, well, what is that? So we sat down and we went over this. And, um, and she committed one month, she committed to doing that. And she would, if, if nothing changed, she would go then to the attorney to um, start divorce proceedings. And I'm happy to say that they are still married today. And that was back in like 1980s. 87 so and they're still going strong so um anyway so i wanted to start with verse pretty three and ladies i'd like you to just take out a pen or pencil just pens on the table and just check off um or highlight underline circle whatever the areas that you feel you have a handle on you're not perfect in that area 
But you think you're pretty much, you've got it together in that particular area. As we go through this, just check them off and say, that's one I don't really need to focus on at this point as we read along. Oops, I need my glasses. Okay, so let's start. First Peter 3, 1. In like manner, you married women. Wait a minute. In like manner. What does it mean in like manner? We've got to go back. We've got to go back because it's, this is another one of my little pet peeves. Chapter 3 starts in the, right in the middle of, of uh, something that you know, Peter's talking about here. We've got to go back into chapter 2 to find out who's he talking about? Who are we supposed to be in like manner with? You know, that type of thing. So if you go back to uh, verse um, 21 through 23, it says, For even to this um, were you called. It is inseparable from your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example, so that you should follow in his footsteps. He was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit or guile ever found on his lips. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. And then he says, in like manner, you. And so what are we supposed to do? We are to trust ourselves and everything to him who judges. We are to trust God. That's where we start. When we're going to make any type of commitment, we're going to trust it to him because he's going to do it through us, not us alone. Okay, so let's go. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands. Subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them and adapt yourselves to them so that even if, any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over, not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. How are they going to be won over, girls? And this is so important, especially from a coming from a, a woman who was hard-headed and rebellious and was constantly banging heads with my husband. When I heard the words, not by discussion, that made you know what suddenly happened in my household? Peace. Peace came over my house because suddenly I didn't have to be batting heads with my husband any longer. I could trust it to God. I was going to take my eyes off of my husband and all that he was doing right or wrong, and I was going to set my eyes on me because now I had to focus on my walk before the Lord. I had to focus on pleasing the Lord, not man. And peace was instantaneous in my home. Instantaneous. So let's continue. And this is where I want you to... Um, oh, did you do it? Okay. Verse 2 goes along, um, follows along, and goes to describe um, what the Lord is looking at, looking for here. And this is where I wanted you to circle or underline or highlight any way you want to do. When they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for him all that reverence includes, to respect, to defer to, to revere him, 
to honor him, to esteem him, appreciate him, prize him, and in human sense, to adore him. That is, to admire, to praise, to be devoted to, to deeply love. And girls, you get to enjoy your husband. You get to enjoy him. Let not yours be the merely external adoring with the elaborate interweaving and knotting of the hair, the, we the wearing of jewelry or exchanges of clothes. But let me just say something. That doesn't give us permission to wear sweats and rollers all the time. You know, no makeup, <laughs> hairs in the, you know, all green pumping. Let's, we need to show our husbands, you know, that... Um, we care. We care what he thinks. We want to look good for him. So, but anyway, we don't have to go to extremes. But let it be the inward adorning and beauty of a hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit. That was not me, girls. That was not me. That had to come from the Holy Spirit in me which in, is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. For it was thus that the pious women of old who hoped in God were accustomed to beautifying themselves and were submissive to their husbands, adapting themselves to them as, as themselves secondary and depending upon them. It was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord, Master, Leader, and Authority. And you are now her true daughters, if you do right, and let nothing terrify you, not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. And let me just tell you, um, I read that, and of course I was a new Christian, Um, but anyway, um, so I went back to Genesis and started studying Sarah, and I found out that, you know what, Abraham was not the perfect husband. He was not the perfect husband. In fact, he gave his wife to, who was it first, Egypt? I forget. I didn't look it up this, this week. But anyway, he gave his wife to a ruler and, and lied about it, saying that he was, she was his sister. Okay, now I could have go along with that for the first time, okay? I could have said, well, okay, we'll give this a try. But the second time, I think I would have had a few words with John that, you know, I don't think this will work out. It didn't go very well the first time. I really think we need to come up with a plan B. Would have been an interesting conversation, though. <laughs> but not Sarah. She continued to call him Lord. And master, she continued to lift him up and build him up. She continued to go along, you know, with not not to say. Now, I, I want to clarify something. If your husband asked you to go do something that you know is against, you know, God's law, I don't want to encourage you to do that. No, I think you can. But I, I just I respected Sarah in the fact that um, she went along with Abraham, not because she trusted Abraham but because she trusted God. 
she knew that God would protect her. And that's what we need to remember, girls. When we are committed to doing God's way, we've committed it to him. We can trust him to not only help us um, through it, but help us um, in our, and he will bless us in our relationship with our husband. And that's what happened after one month is the relationship. And he didn't even realize what I was doing. He had no idea that I was, had committed myself um, to following this. But our relationship, like I said, peace first of all, but that came over our home, especially for our children. You want to talk about something great. Peace was felt by our children as well. And, uh, but also, our relationship began to improve as well. Yeah, so you hold on to this. So I, um, so I love those verses that you read, and uh, I was all set with that until I had to read uh, the next verse. And uh, so we started off with verse 7. And now you got to remember, we're 26 when we came to Christ, all right? We've got two kids living a crazy life, and we got saved. And now the Bible comes alive right in front of us. And it just was amazing to us, to both of us. We were sponges, too. I mean, we couldn't get enough. We were going to every conference known, you know. Um, it was really something. So in verse 7, you ready, guys? In the same way, you married men should live considerately with your wives with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation. So intelligent recognition. We can just buzz right over that and just keep going. But in other words, love your quirky, unique spouse in a way that shows you understand your differences are normal. Then you adjust your life accordingly so that you can, your unique traits do not cause problems. And we all have them, right? We all have these unique traits that can drive other people crazy. But hopefully, with the two of us, we can learn to live with them. Mm -hmm. You know, God made us that way. My dad was an artist. So I grew up with an art studio in the house. And I used to watch him paint and all that. He just did some incredible work. He actually did the Sunbeam Rapper Girl uh, back in the 50s and 60s in the Hershey Chocolate Bar. He and a group of guys, they had this, a wax paper company. That's when bread was in wax paper. You know, it wasn't in, in the long, long time ago, guys, back in the 50s and 60s. So I watched my dad. So I developed a very artistic um, lifestyle. I, I love art. I love going to art shows. I love to draw and all that. I, I'm not as good as he is, but I like to do that kind of stuff. So she has to kind of understand that when, I, when we're going to renovate the house, I see things differently than she does. I do th uh, things uh, differently than she does. I see things differently than she does. I look at something and it's, that's the way it's got to be. That's hard to live with sometimes, you know? And, uh, and then she's got to come back and say, well, this is the way I would like to. But anyway, let's continue um, with that intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace, God's unmerited favor of life. You know, when you look at joint heirs, and I put a little note down here. Let me just. Sue has as much claim to the kingdom as I do. 
And we better realize that real quick. When you start reading scripture and you think. And as much claim to the Father. You know, that's another thing I want to, you know, oftentimes if we may not agree, um, you know, John knows I take him right to the Father, right to our daddy, you know, and uh, let him handle it. Mm. And um, So anyway, God's unmerited uh, favor of life. In order that your prayers, now here's the deal, guys. This is the tough part. In order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. You know, I'm going to tell all you guys in here, that scared me to death as a young Christian who's only two months into this. What do you mean you're not going to listen to me? You know, it says, when you harbor resentment, offense, bitterness, or anger towards your spouse, your prayers will be blocked. It's scriptural. But I'll tell you, it, it had a real, a real deep deep meaning to me. So we're going to go and, and start talking about cherishing our wives and taking some practical steps. You know, um, in Romans uh, twelve ten, it says, love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family. Outdo one another in showing honor to one another. Can I just say, guys, outdo one another in showing honor to one another. Can you imagine what marriages would be like if we all just took just that half of the verse of Romans 12.10? Outdo one another in honoring each other. Could you imagine what, it, what marriages would look like today if we just took that? It is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I'm going to show you a picture here. How many of you ever been to a nutcracker? Raise your hands. Oh, we got guys, too, which is really good. To me, that was a bit painful, all right? But um, it, it was. It was a little bit painful. I didn't understand the story, you know, so she had to explain the whole storyline to me. And, but I went, and we, we, uh, we watched the ballet. But there's something about the way the ballet showcases a woman's strength and beauty. But the guy's job is to make the beauty yet more beautiful. That's what his job is to do. At the end of the performance, what does he do? He sits her down, sets her down in the middle, and then he steps back for all to see so they all can applaud. They're not applauding him. They're applauding that ballerina who just finished the nutcracker, right? And that's what our marriages should look like. I need to present her as my wife. When I'm, with, when I'm out with her, when I'm at church with her, when we're at different places, we, um, I need to present her as my beautiful bride. And I think we miss that sometimes. So that picture of the two of them in, in ballet right here, you can see them all. Everyone's really focused on her. He's got a job to do. So the second thing is, well, the first thing we're going to go into is sacrifice. And that's a big deal in our lives. Sacrificing, being willing to give up something you would like or something that you would like to do in order to please her. So let me give you an example. Sue is a quilter. We're from New Hampshire originally. Here's a picture of her mom. And every, every one of the grandchildren have a quilt. Now, we have quilts all over the house. And it's a big deal for her. And so I like sports. I'm a big sports guy. I mean, I'm from the Boston area. So, I mean, there's plenty of teams to follow. So I just love basketball, football, baseball, and hockey. And... Um, 
So I'm a sports guy, she's a quilter. Okay, how are we gonna do here? So this is what happened. I decided to start reading books on quilting. Did all by myself. Nobody told me. And I started understanding what stitches per inch meant. I knew what a wedding ring quilt was versus a log cabin quilt versus whatever. It just went on and on, a Boston common quilt. And we've got these all over the house. And um, so I started to understand exactly what this quilting was all about. And was she any good at it? And so I started looking at her quilting and, and all of that. And so what happened was, and I'll, I'll just, well, I'll go that in a minute. I'll, I'll go on with the story. I decided to rent a motorhome back when the kids were little. And uh, JD and, uh, and Kristen and Sue and I got in a motorhome and we drove to Pennsylvania. And uh, we went to the Amish country and we were gonna go see the quilts. And I knew what I was doing. I was prepared, I read books. And we went, we went there, we pulled in, and we went to these different places. And one thing I noticed is the quilting was subpar. See, they pump these things out so fast, they piece them. And when you start hearing me talk, you'll know I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they piece them very well. Colors are great, all of this stuff is awesome. Except when you go look very closely at the stitching, it's very, very wide. She stitches at about 11 per inch and they were not even close. They were probably half of that. So I started looking at these and critiquing the quilts. Who would have, if my friends back in the day <laughs> ever knew I was doing something like this? Anyway, I did. And so anyway, I actually purchased a quilt for her there. We finally found one that we both liked and, uh, and we brought it home. But um, I really started to learn that it's not about John. You know, it's about Sue. You know, what is she like? Where can I take her? What are the things that we can do? You know, one thing, it, you know, and I don't have in my notes, this is free right here, but w one thing is you really need to be a student of your wife. I mean, and that means when you're walking down the street, let's say you're on vacation, you're walking down the street, and she looks at something and says, man, is that cute? Is that adorable? You need to check mark that, all right? And maybe the next day, go find it and buy it and hide it and give it to her for Christmas. Those are the things, guys, we just don't do. But you wouldn't believe how much it, it really means to, to, um, to them. So anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just show you this, just so you'll know that um, I'm just not a uh, quilt guy. This is Sue and I at the Boston Garden at Center Court. This is my sports room. And this is only a small section of it. I collect sports memorabilia, as you can see. And um, my son and my daughter said, Dad, when you guys go, what are you going to do with all that stuff? We don't want it. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. Probably. I like sports in general, but I do have some Yankee things. <laughs> but I don't like the Yankees. All right. Yeah, yeah, it is brave. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Okay, and this has to do with Sue. Yeah, this is me again. I have a green leather-bound Celtics book. All right, that was given to um, um, 
season ticket holders. And um, the, um, the book starts off with four decades of excellence with the Celtics. So the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. It's all pictured. And I'll tell you fun, one little funny story is you were allowed to have your name in the book. There were three or four pages dedicated, just very small font, to all the, and so I gave my name and Sue's name to be put in the book. And it came in, and it said, Suzanne Damaris. So anyway, that book, I have 250 autographs in it. Over. Got 250 autographs in it from Will Chamberlain to Bill Russell to you name it. Yeah, I have, I have 100 Larry Bird autographs. That's, I went to his, I had front row seats for his Hall of Fame induction. So I'm, I just want to let you know that um, I'm not a quilt guy. <laughs> but, I, but I do read books. All right, so let's go. So sacrificing her, right? The quilt story. We talked about a little bit of sports. Um, many man boasts that he would sacrifice his love for his life for his wife, yet he wouldn't think about giving up playing golf on a Saturday with his buddies, maybe to plant flowers or maybe weed the flower beds. And it goes on every day, guys, every day. The wife's at home working in the yard. The guy's playing golf or wherever he's, whatever he's doing. And we really need to change that, especially when you get our age and you're retired. And when you retire, and now it's just the two of you, that golf thing's not going to live up anymore. To uh, the, the high of getting a good score doesn't mean anything. So anyway, the next one is listen to her. Accept what she says. Be interested. Don't nag. Give her plenty of eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball communication. The same kind of you know, eyeball to eyeball you do in a meeting. I was in a meeting today with Tim. We were sitting, we're all sitting around, we're all talking to each other and looking at each other. You need to be doing the same thing when you go home. You don't shut it off. And we tend to, we're tired, right? We've worked all day. I've been in meetings all day. Now I've got to look at my wife and talk to her now, <laughs> right? Well, hey, don't tell me, don't tell me it doesn't happen. It happens, when right? <laughs> when we work all that out, right? Um, and listen to her. Accept what she says. Be interested. Don't nag. Give her plenty of eyeball, okay? The next one is touching. Touch her. Most women enjoy a gentle touch from her husband, both at home and in public. Hold her hand. Yeah. Better believe you can do it right now. Hold her hand. Put your arm around her waist. You don't have to make a spectacle of yourself. Just let your touch know that she's the primary one you're interested in. Just like that ballerina, right? She's the primary one. Super important. If you're unsure about how much public affection uh, she would feel comfortable with, ask her. You know, um, like, if, like we said last week, we love kissing in front of the grandkids. They need to see that. It's normal. You know, it's okay to give your wife a kiss in front of the grandkids or the kids um, and hold hands. Uh, be with her in public. Don't leave her alone in a crowd and go off to talk to other people uh, you're interested in. Be seen together. Let me tell you a little story about leaving her alone, and I did this. We were at, this is before the Grizzlies came to, uh, to Memphis. We were at the Pyramid. 
and I've been collecting autographs for a long time, so I kind of know the ropes. And I got down on the floor, and the Lakers were playing an exhibition game at the Pyramid, so I was getting all their autographs. And I looked up, and there was a group of men all circled around Sue. And I don't, you know, it was years ago, and I just, I immediately stopped what I was doing and went right back to where she was sitting, and I sat down next to her. Um, those things are important. She needs to know that I'm there for her, you know? Uh, that was a big deal. You, and you didn't even remember that. I was no, telling her I, that. I didn't remember that. I was totally oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> I only had eyes for you. There you go. Say kind things about her in public. This is a big one. You know, a lot of guys and a lot of girls can get into it with their friends about talking about their wives or their husbands. Well, she did this, and she does this, or he does the this. The old ball and chain. The old ball and chain. I just talked to the old ball and chain. Man, if you ever find yourself getting into some, some sort of conversation like that, get out of it right away. Run. Because, you know, we watched, uh, you know, Sue's, Sue's mom and dad at a very, you know, when we first got married, we kind of watched them, and it was like, boy, this isn't healthy. And by the time they, they retired, they were just at each other all the time. You know, and it's just really sad. Mm -hmm. So anyway, say kind things. Sue was invited to a little uh, pool party across the street from our house. And um, there was a bunch of women who were going to exercise in the pool. And uh, that's what they called it. And so they all went to the pool. And really what it was is let's talk about our husbands. Well, that's how it would happen. That's what happened. And so Sue came home and said, well, that's not going to happen anymore. She says, I'm not going over there anymore. She really felt uh, uncomfortable. But you just got to leave, uh, leave those areas. The other one is say kind things about her in public. Never criticize. Never demean. Uplift. If you say enough kind things about your wife, she's bound to overhear occasionally or it's bound to get uh, back to her. Public support of each other is as important as private support to the husband and the wife in ministry. I want to say that. That goes both ways, girls. You know, like I said, with the pool, but um, don't don't get be part of that. Uh, you know, Proverbs fourteen one is one that I always went with, and I said that last week. A wise woman builds up her ha her home, um, and a foolish one with her own hands tears hers down. And for me, it was the beginning that that first part. A wise woman builds up. Focus on building up, constantly building up. Don't get yourself into a habit of tearing down, of looking at the negatives accentuate the positives and you know what you can become a prophet you can build up your husband so much that he will rise to that level he will rise to that level i promise you if you continue to build him up you are will instill in him the abilities to be able to um to rise to that level yeah you really need to she, she's like my biggest cheerleader yeah. You know, and uh, and, and I need that, especially truly. when you're working. You know, it's crazy, um, and this is, goes both sides, you know. I mean, a lot of you work, you know, both of you are in, in the workforce, and you've got tough days. I mean, you you, you go to work, and, and you come home, and you're exhausted, and it's been a tough day. And, and then you, you, you walk in the house, and, and now something happens. You get in a little, you know, tick for tat or something, and something starts happening. Guys, it's, it's all about building each other up. How was your day? Let's start talking about it, both sides. You know, and it was, it's so important that we do that, even mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. and we're retired. Yeah. And we're still talking about our day. You know, it's just, you know, like today, we were just, this is, our conversation is, 
All right, so what's on the agenda for tomorrow? All right, and so it's tomorrow is burning the garden so we can till it and plant it, weeding around the pool so we can get flowers put in. So we've got a, an agenda for tomorrow. And one other thing, and I, I really want to touch on this, and it's, this isn't in here either, it, but, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit just tweaked me on this one. Another thing you should talk about is your finances. You know, when you look at the Bible, there's more about finances than there are about faith in, in the Bible. I mean, finances, finances, finances. It's all how we handle our money. And, uh, and some of us don't handle it well, and some of us do. But monthly, monthly, you should sit down and look at what our investments look like, what's our savings account look like, what does our checking account look like, how are we doing every month. So, so important. Don't let something creep up on you that you didn't expect and you don't know what to do now. You guys, and, and as a married couple, it's your money. You both need to be doing this together. We just did it today. Yeah. We just sat down. I flipped up, open, open the laptop. I've got, if you ever want a blank one, I've got a, an elaborate spreadsheet with all kinds of stuff on it. It, has, it all ends up with what's your net worth. But you can just figure the whole thing out, what's coming in, what's going out, every single bill. It's all built in. And I'll tell you, it works because we know. All right? And then there are no arguments. Nobody's arguing about money. And believe me, you talk to young couples, they're all arguing about well, money. Well, I don't know the statistics, but I'm sure Tim might know them. That I mean, a lot of marriages end because of finances, struggles with finances. So just really, really important there. I just thought I'd throw that in. The sharing, um, share her responsibilities. This is the one I struggled with. All right? My mom growing up took care of everything. I think I told you that last week. She even, you know, ironed my t-shirts. I mean, she just took care of everything. So I just expected Sue to do all of that when I uh, when I got married. And, and that uh, was not going to happen. Right. <laughs> because you hadn't read 1 Peter yet. I hated so. That's true. That is true. Hey, wait a minute. I had to read it, too. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I pulled the mic away on that yeah. one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about ironing in there. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, what's interesting is if you get, uh, ask her what she'd like, like for, for you to do. Surprise her with thoughtfulness. One marriage counselor said that, listen to this. One marriage counselor said there would never be a divorce if couples just learn to say at the beginning of the day, what do you need from me today, number one? And number two, what can I do to make you happy today? A little sacrifice going on there, huh? What can I do for you? You know, meeting each other's needs means making the bed and cleaning the toilet occasionally on both sides. All right. But you know what, what the underlying thing is there? It makes you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable. It says, and it says, speaks volumes to your spouse that you, you are more important than, their, than they are, than their agenda. Yep. And then let her, know you let her know you admire her. Tell her how attractive she is. How, you know, when you get older like us, you know, are we? Yeah, we're up there. <laughs> and what? We're, we're up there. 
But, you know, when you get older, you start thinking, man, I'm getting out of shape, you know, I'm losing my hair, I'm gray, everything's going, you know, what the heck's going on here? And, you know, and she's saying, now I've gained a couple of pounds or something, you know, oh, you know the, the sky's falling. You know what? I still look at her like she was 18. And I bet you a lot of you guys can say the same thing, but we don't say it. We think it. She walks across the room and we go, yeah. Right? But we don't say, hey, yeah. Right? We need to do that. They need to hear it. All right? It's important that we do that. And um, so let her know you admire her. Tell her how attractive she is, how talented, how kind. Admire her body and her personality, both. When's the last time you winked at your wife or maybe even whistled at her? Right? It's a big deal. You know, it's okay to do those things. You did it when you were younger, right? Then all of a sudden you start getting older and the kids come and then you're getting older and the kids are leaving and then now all of a sudden you have grandkids and what happened? I mean, just think, I really think about this. I was talking to Tim about this. I was his age when we were teaching young marrieds and now I'm retired. What, where did those years go? And then pretty soon, I'm going to be gone. You're going to be up here, right? And some young dude's going to be standing there on the left telling you how to use PowerPoint, right? Right? Yeah. That's what's going to happen. But you know, and how fast it goes. Yeah. But the truth is, girls and guys, we never stop dating. Don't you ever stop dating your spouse. Yeah, you know, look at the bride of your youth. See her beauty and tell her at least one thing each day that you really admire about her. Then watch her become even more beautiful. You know? We get so hung up on what people look like and all that stuff. It has nothing to do with that at all. Number eight, show respect. It's not old-fashioned to open up the door for your wife and to carry things for her when you're coming out of the store. And even if it were, women love old-fashioned men, you know? And if you really respect her, you'll give her a call when you're at work. You know, that's, that's one thing that I don't know how many of you do, but when I was working, I would call Sue at least three or four times a day. All of a sudden, I'd be on a spreadsheet doing something. It's like, I got a minute. Hey, how you doing? You know, we just talked for a few minutes. What's going on? I should be out at this time, and uh, you know, what's for dinner? And we would just talk, right? I mean, every day, it yeah. would be it would be constant. Most of the time, it was just, "Hey, how's your day going? Good. Okay, see ya."
that's it. Just head. Yeah. That's the same thing. You know, you know, though, it's not going on a lot because all the people I worked with, I don't think they ever called their wives. You know, they just didn't. And it's, um, it's something, if you're not doing it, start doing it. And it, even if it's every other day to start off with or once a week, but start doing it. It's so important. And girls, when they call, make them want to call again. That's all I'm going to say. And let me tell you, that works. Oh, Sue. Suzanne. Suzanne. All right, let's see if I can continue here. We might just have to go home now, and uh, I'll see you guys. We'll let Tim take over. Um, anyway, you know, taking your wife out on a special date, um, you know, those kind of things. Just, you know, our, our thing really isn't going out. Our thing is cooking at home, the two of us. You know, I'll grill on, you know, on the egg or something, and she'll uh, get some, something going, and we'll just eat out on the patio. And to, I don't know. To me, that's better than going out yeah. to a restaurant. That's we just really, really enjoy that. We do always what you, have. Do what you prefer. Yeah. For us, it's, it's that being at home. Yeah. It, we really enjoy being at home. Uh, be an understanding father. Don't let conflict with your child keep tension in your marriage. And boy, does that happen. All right? Things can be going great with Sue and I. And when we were raising our kids, if there was tension, something was going on at school, all of a sudden we're bickering back and forth. We didn't do anything. Life is good between the two of us. It's that kid. <laughs> he, he created this mess, right? But it happens, and maybe I'm handling it differently than she's handling it, right? I, I want to do this. She might want to do that. All of a sudden, the fight starts, right? Fight for your family. We're fighting about the kid right now. And it happens. You really got to watch yourself. Be an understanding father. Once again, don't let conflict with your child keep tension in your marriage. And I'm going to give you an example. Long, long time ago, my daughter Kristen, um, she's probably 15. She is asking Sue that while night while she's cooking, dinner. can we have subs tonight? There was a sub shop down the road that was unbelievable. And she just, you know, she, she was in high school, senior in high school or something. She's like, can we have subs? She goes, well, Kristen, I'm cooking. We'll have what we're, you know, what we're going to have. And she's like, well, I'll ask Dad. Here we go. Now, I'm going to give you a little tip for you fathers here, and this is a big one. I pull in the driveway. She runs out, Kristen, Kristen and says, hey, Dad, wouldn't it be great to have subs tonight? I mean, I worked all day, right? Sounds great. <laughs> Let's get in the car and go pick them up, you know? So I walked in the house, and I said, hey, want to have subs? <laughs> you want to see a set of eyeballs get this big across the room? She went laser right across the room at me, and I went, okay, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and all I asked was, do we want subs? So I found that when I get home, I pulled in the driveway, and these are all you young dads, do not talk to your children when you get out of the car. <laughs> Bypass the whole thing. Go directly to your wife 
and ask her one thing, how was your day? And if she says it was great, then go talk to the kids. If she says we're having a little problem, then we discuss the problem and then I deal with the kids after that. But let me tell you, it is a big, big deal. So for all you dads, that's free, no charge. It wasn't even in my notes. So be an understanding father. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not worth it. And few, few, you know, few people, um, when, you, when you tell them you do that, they'll criticize you. They're going to criticize you for everything. Don't worry about it. Do that. It's so important. And then open doors of possibility for your wife. You know, don't just think you're on your own career advancement. What's hers? You know, what is, this is, my wife's career advancement was when we, um, she retired at 40. All right, she was a school teacher and uh, we moved here from, very short career. we moved here from, uh, from uh, New Hampshire to Tennessee and uh, when I moved the company down here, she stopped working. And so, um, Anyway, we had to figure out what you want to do. Well, our, our kids got married, and they had grandchildren, and her thing was taking care of the grandkids. Now, I wasn't all in favor of that. That wasn't a big thing for me to have grandkids running around my house all day. You know, we're empty nesters, you know what I mean? I just, you know, it was something I wasn't that excited about. She was, and so I had to understand that. That was her career advancement. That was a big deal for her, right? So you really got to ask a question, what about hers or what about his? Is there anything you could do to help her fulfill her God-given potential? You know, and, and so you should talk about it. You know, one thing we talked about last week, and I'll bring it up again, is just taking your temperature every day. Uh, not every day, but once a week or once a month. Actually sitting across from each other and asking the question, how am I doing? How am I doing as a husband? I bet you some of you would struggle with that question. You're like, uh-oh, that's a loaded one, and it is. And then it goes the other way around. How am I doing as a wife? So you really got to take the time to, to, to really check your temperature and find out where you're at. And then take the time to be alone with her. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about uh, Pastor Steve. Steve and, and Donna and Sue and I were out to dinner. Oh, it's okay. And uh, no, it's funny. I, I, I tell a story all the time. If he doesn't know, I tell it now. He, he'll always know it. But anyway, Donna laughed about it. So we're having dinner, and all he talked about was being an empty nester. He was so excited that the last one was leaving the house. That's all he talked about the whole dinner. And finally, he it down to the date. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I mean, and and I said to him. Here's the problem, Steve. You're going to get grandkids, and you're going to get stupid. And I'm telling you, when you get grandkids, you just get stupid. And all of a sudden, it's, it's all about the grandkids. And you really got to be careful. And now he's got like 100 of them, <laughs> right? So it was kind of funny that, you know, his whole thing was being an empty nester. And now I see pictures on Facebook of Donna. And, and, they and were the kids all the time. And Donna did write back a few years after that. She and did. said, you were right. He's stupid <laughs> he now. He got stupid. <laughs> so it's funny. I think about that when you take, take, uh, take her on, you know, uh, to be alone with her. That's what he was thinking. You know, they raised their kids. I'm going to be alone with Donna. I'm going to be alone with Sue. It's, it's an exciting time. But then the grandkids come, and they come fairly quickly. And in his case, 
I've never seen anything like it. But uh, anyway, it's pretty crazy. So we only have eight. So, um, so anyway, take time to be alone with her. Take her on a romantic weekend trip. No kids. You arrange babysitting for a change. You know, Sue has done that for me, and I, I'm going to tell you something, which, what she did. I came home from work one day, and the luggage was packed. Her car had everything in it. And she had, remember the hotel, it's, I think it's a Hilton now, but it used to be the Adams Mark, the real tall one? She had rented a hotel room and told me to meet her at the bar. The, you had everything there. She was already there, just sitting at the bar. All right, we weren't drinking or anything. I'm just, no, so. The bar at the time is you could, I could sit there and watch the door, the right. front door. So it was the lobby. And she had a room booked, the whole thing. You know, and I walked in and, uh, and, and saw her there, and I was like, whoa. You know, this is unbelievable. I was 19 again. You know, I mean, this is crazy. You know, and uh, guys, we got to think of things like that. You know, we've got to think like that. Take time to be alone with her. And then lastly, and this is the big one, guys, be the spiritual leader of your family. You know, one study revealed that women felt the biggest fault of men uh, that they were not the religi religious leaders. Don't let that be true here. You know, I, I'll tell you, you know, uh, since I retired, my quiet time has really gotten longer and longer because I have more time, too. You know, it's been really great. But she'll say to me, hey, we've got to go do this and stuff, or we've got to be over here, and I'll tell her, I've got to finish my, I've got to finish reading, I've got to do my quiet time, uh, see you in an hour, <laughs> right? And I'll go upstairs and, and, and just be alone with the Lord. Not only does she need to see that, but my kids and my grandkids. You know, they were visiting us at the beach. They've, every morning I would leave and just go have my quiet time. And they were watching. You know, they were watching me. And, uh, it's, and I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it, you know, to be with the Lord. But uh, very, very important that we're the spiritual leaders. Yeah. Can I also say? Go ahead. And ladies, let him lead. Let him lead. I remember a pastor once said, if your grass is a foot tall and he still hasn't mowed it, leave it alone. Let He will get around to it eventually. And, that's, and it just stuck with me. You know, it, if there's certain things that it is his responsibility to do, don't do it. Let him do it. And even if it takes a while, leave it for him to do. Let him lead. Okay, so we've got we've got a questionnaire. That, we have uh, a little fun. Little, question it's a fun here. game. It's a fun game. You're gonna flip it around. Yep. No, Don't show it. Can I wait a minute? All right. Now you can't show you can't show your spouses. Okay, this has to be done in secret. No cheating, Susan. No cheating. I can just no see it. No talking to each other. You do yours. Keep it hidden from from your spouse, and then you guys can come back. If we don't have time tonight, you guys can share it tonight. We got um, a few minutes. Well, let's see okay. if they can get it done. And uh, but anyway, you answer the questions for each other. Okay, you ready? Let's just pick a few couples here and um, and see how they did. Why don't we go? Why don't we go with Anita and John? Since since oh come on. Tim and Susan. Oh, look at that. Tim and Sue are already comparing notes. Look at that. How, how well did you guys do? Uh, okay, so, so let, let's just go. You, you, what is your favorite pastime and hobby? 
Okay, and what is Susan's? And how about yours? Okay, and she thought that of you? Okay, okay. So what was your, what was your uh, best way to spend a day off? Okay. And what does she like to do for the best day, for a day off? Same thing? You guys got it? Good deal. John, ask them how many they got, how many. Okay. I, we'll do it this way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many of you matched up seven to seven? How many of you matched up seven for seven? Anybody? <laughs> you guys aren't like oh for seven, are you? Hey, that is everything. <laughs> so, so you got it right. So no one got seven for seven. Anybody get six out of seven? The, now look at the gentleman that calls his wife every day at work. There is six for seven. Which one did you get wrong? There you go. So how did you guys do? How many? 50-50. How about you two? Well, you got seven questions, right? Did you match up seven for seven? Yeah, but how did you do? Were you seven for seven? <laughs> so how well did you do too? How how did you do? About eighty oh, percent? Wow. Good. How did you two do? How did you guys do? What percentage? Wow, good. That seems to be the Did you guys match up pretty well? Minus one. How about you two? Four? Okay. It's good to know, though. How'd you guys do? Five? Okay. We're going to close up. Okay, guys. We're going to, uh, we're going to close. That was a fun little uh, deal. You kind of learn about each other a little bit. Play the newlywed game? You know, when Sue and I play that, it's dangerous. Um, you know, it's funny, though. When, we, when Sue and I went over this, you know, ours... Um, when it comes to where would you like to go, or, you know, we love the beach, 
And uh, favorite type of restaurant, really, it's like staying home. <laughs> you know, we really enjoy that. Um, you know, ideal vacation spots, the beach, um, best way to spend a day off. And well, we have every day off now, so it kind of works great. So uh, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? That's a tough one. It would be the beach. But with our grandkids and our kids here, obviously it's Memphis, Tennessee, you know, so we'll just keep that like that. But it sounded like the consensus was pretty much 80%, right, right around there. So that's, we're yeah. doing pretty good there. You know, one, one, one thing we talked about was what job would I like to have if I could have any occupation? And I would love to do landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> First. <laughs> Hold on. I'm extremely expensive, though. <laughs> Tony will pay. Tomorrow is landscaping day, and I'm excited. So, anyway, I'm, I'm going to uh, close out in prayer. All right. Oh, you need to say something? All right. Well, go ahead. You can do that right now. All right. Well, y'all help me thank, please, help me thank John and Sue tonight. Great night tonight. And, um... Hey, tonight's just a good example of what happens when we're in groups. Uh, we have fun together. We learn together, grow together. We experience life around the tables. It's so good. I just want to remind you, uh, we have groups that meet on Sunday mornings here at church. Uh, we have ways we can resource you. And this Sunday, there are four new groups starting. So if you're not in a group on Sunday morning, I just want to invite you. There's a group on how to study your Bible. Uh, there's a group on prayer, a group on uh, marriage, and also a group on empty nesting. So four Brand new groups to start this Sunday morning. You can learn more about those at bubby.org forward slash groups. And those are brand new. So if you're not in a group, this Sunday is a great time to jump in one and start. So let me, let me just do a little plug. Uh, we'll be teaching the Empty Nesters class uh, this, starting this Sunday at 8. Sure. Let's pray us out. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for, uh, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together like this and open up your word and, and really uh, be able to apply it. And uh, we're just grateful, Lord, that it comes alive. And uh, thank you, Lord, for that. Father, we just pray, Lord, that uh, for each marriage represented here today, Lord, that uh, it would use you, it would show your glory. And Father, that um, if there are couples here tonight, Lord, that are struggling in any way, whether it's financial or any other way, please come see us. We'd love to talk to you. Father, we're just grateful, Lord, for uh, bringing everyone here today, Lord. What a great group. A lot of fun. Can have a lot of fun at church. We're thankful for that, Jesus. And uh, we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen.